Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're talking about a very interesting topic. It's something that people have asked us to talk about for a while now, and it's to do with board of directors meetings. Every condo corporation in Ontario is governed by a board of directors, and those directors have to meet on a regular basis, be it monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, or whenever they have the chance to meet. Part of having a productive board meeting is having meeting minutes. Meeting minutes are normally taken by an independent third-party company to remove any sort of bias from the situation. And what meeting minutes really do is provide a summary of what was discussed at a board meeting. They're not meant to be a transcript of that meeting, but are available for owners to look at and understand what the board of directors has really been doing at every single one of the meetings that they've been holding. Minutes provide a summary of board of directors' decisions and the direction of a condo corporation. So they're a very important document. Today we have with us Marco Linde and Noah Maislin from Minutes Solutions, a independent third-party minute-taking company representing hundreds of condo corporations throughout Ontario. I hope you enjoy the episode, and if you have any questions or concerns, feedback you'd like to share with us, please feel free to send us an email. You can request additional topics on the show and ensure that we can bring on guests that are actually providing value to you, our listeners. So if you'd like a specific topic to be discussed or you think a certain guest would be beneficial to our show, then drop us an email. You can reach us by writing to info at citysitespm.com. That's citysites, S-I-T-E-S, P-M.com. Without further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening for wherever you are, and welcome to another exciting edition of Hashtag We Speak Condo. Today, our guests are Noah Maislin and Marco Linda. Pronounce it right. Linde, but Linde, tomato, cl- tomato, close tomato. Enough. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Okay, so Marco and Noah are principals at Minute Solutions. Uh, today, we proved to have an interesting episode for you. Minute Solutions is a minute-taking firm, plus uh, in the GTA, or do you expand farther than that? Uh, Primarily in the GTA right now, uh, another large cohort of where our clientele is is, uh, in Ottawa. Uh, We do have a few clients across Canada and a few clients in the U.S. as well, but uh, I would say the largest uh, part of our clientele is situated in the GTA. Thank you, Noah. So if you get used to that voice, that's Noah. <laughs> and Marco, the comedian, is over there. Voice recognition. Yeah, I'm, I'm a long way away from that, but uh, I entertain Noah on a daily basis, so that keeps us happy. So why don't you, we start off with our listeners, a little bit of background. Um, before we delve into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about, let's see, where did you guys come from? How did you meet? Uh, was it love at first sight? And, uh, and then let's move on to your, your company from there. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll let Marco tell the background of our story because uh, he seems to like that one a lot. And then, then I'll dive into uh, how the company actually <laughs> it's, started. It's, it's part of the narrative, but snap your fingers at me, please, when I, uh, when I pass 90 seconds. <clears throat> um, Noah and I uh, ran into each other out of coincidence in first year university at Dalhousie in uh, Nova Scotia, Halifax, Nova Scotia. But that wasn't actually the first time we met. 
uh, approximately six or eight, probably eight or nine years prior to that, we were teammates on a rep hockey team in Toronto called the Toronto Colts. Uh, that was total by total coincidence as well. Uh, played two seasons together, ended up going. How old were you at that time? Nah, 10 and 11, 10 and 11, 10 and 11. Budding NHLers, and if not the, for, if not for uh, let's guys. say, a lack of talent, you could have been playing on the same team. Budding, yeah. budding uh, NHL enforcers, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that part's out of the game, so uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's when our uh, NHL careers went downhill. Got and it. then this was, you know, predates the Facebook days and, and the days of social media. and, and wow, we probably old. Yeah, we are. We're old. We're probably not at the ages where we would have even been had access to that at the time. Um, I think maybe our parents were a little more strict in that uh, that era. But we ended up running into each other literally on the fourth floor of our residence um, through a mutual friend. And someone mentioned that his friend Noah was coming over. And I only knew one Noah at that time. And it I bet you he only knew one Marco. <laughs> With a K anyway, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, um, and then we ended, out of total coincidence, we ran into each other. You know, sparks flew, chemistry ran high. Whoa! (laughs) In a a strictly platonic level, Um, but we ended up sort of being part of the same group of friends, and from there, that relationship just kind of developed into something semi—not professional because we were still in university. Did you guys have classes together? We had a couple, but I mean, I think most of our relationship was was sort of relegated to sports. Him off me, (laughs) okay, without equivocation. But um, it was—you know—we would we would the social stuff, the sports stuff, we would play together, and then. Once we graduated university, we both actually ended up working our first jobs out of university in a similar industry. It was the uh, logistics industry. And before... Trucks. uh, Trucks, planes, boats. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, yeah. Um, And we, although we were competing, we were friends, so we discussed how are ways that we could potentially find synergies within our business. There has to be some gaps that you can fill and vice versa. Um, No euphemisms intended. But... but, but anyway, we so we would speak. We would speak about um, the different ways that we could potentially grow our respective businesses. And without finding any sort of direct symbiosis or potential, we were like, "Why don't we do something together?" We both have that sort of mentality. We're, we're both. We both have at that point what we thought was an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, and then fast forward. That was in 2012 that we started those conversations. So fast forward, I suppose seven years, and, and here we are. Uh, we officially took over this business in 2014, and our five-year anniversary was in February of this year. So wow, yeah, yeah. So just to give you some background about the actual company and how we actually started. What's the name of the company again? Minute Solutions. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What Minutes was it? <laughs> Solutions. Okay, that's two plugs. Uh, we're good. Mm-hmm. We got two more to go during the rest of the show, and then we're good. Yeah, perfect. Brought to you by. Um, in no, 2000, I'm the guy with the radio voice. Okay. <laughs> 2012, uh, when I first started working in uh, the transport and logistics industry, uh, I was approached by a family member of mine who was a lawyer by trade, and he had a professional minute-taking business that he was doing on the side with his partner. Uh, They approached me one summer and they said, hey, uh, we need some help running our part-time side business. Uh, It only needs a couple hours every night and we think you could be a good fit for that. So I joined them in the summer of 2012, helping them run their their small side business, which was professional minute-taking. As a minute-taker? Not as a minute-taker, more as an operations manager. Um, And their company was called Condo Minute Solutions. Uh, two years after that, they both approached me. My two former partners approached me and said, uh, you know, our law careers are moving up. Our families are growing. We don't have the need or the want for a small business anymore. So if you want to take over the business, uh, you know, we'd happily sell you our shares. So that was... Uh, These are family members? 
One of them was a family member. Oh, yes, he was. Like, he he might have given it to you if you. He was. He was actually. He was married to my cousin. He's no mo- no longer married to my cousin. Okay. But um, either, wow, wow, wow. yeah, yeah. Either, either way, uh, I said, uh, you know what? I think uh, there could be a pretty good opportunity with this business. All I did was look out my window and saw a million cranes going up and a lot of condos. And I said, you know what? I think uh, this business could actually be viable. So uh, I decided to. That was your market feasibility study. Yeah, just looking out the window. window. It wasn't, it was a sunny day. If it was a cloudy day, I might have oh, looked, thought otherwise. If you didn't see those cranes. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Wow. exactly. Visibility of at least, what, 50 kilometers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, without glasses. Yeah. So that was, uh, I guess that was, uh, we signed the deal beginning of February 2014. And right away, I went to Marco and I said, you know, uh, we've been talking. He was about still it. in the logistics business. We were. No, I was still. No, I, I was in the logistics. He actually switched to med tech and, and pharma, pharma consulting. Yeah. So that's where I was for the previous two. For the previous, I suppose, year and a half prior to Noah approaching me. Med tech and, and pharma. pharma. Yeah. So you were selling drugs. I was legally. Selling, legally. Yeah, I was. Uh, depends who you ask. But yeah, I was a drug dealer. <laughs> well, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. That's and if you, if you apparently are, so is the Ontario government. <laughs> yeah. so, now it's kosher. Yeah. Now it's and right. if the federal government. Highlight too. that audio, please. Preface it with the, the pharmaceuticals. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, our conversations kept on continuing after he left the transport industry, and we always knew that we wanted to start some sort of business together. We were still friends. We were still best buddies. Yeah, we were okay. very close friends. Okay. So I came to him and I said. Uh, I got the perfect idea for us. Were I you said, not? I just got. Were you not ever f- afraid that? Wow, we could get into business together. Yeah. And that'll destroy the friendship because we'll just absolutely. Fight. But so, I just so, didn't like him that much <laughs> to yeah, care. Exactly. Oh, okay, that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Perfect. Um, no, that was always a, a concern of ours. But uh, at the same time, I got to tell you, I was in business with my best friend. Yeah. And I remember we were both down on, uh, in Florida on the beach. Yeah. And he turns to me. And he said, Ari, I think I left the safe unlocked. <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, that's okay, you're here with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, the, uh, it's actually, just to interject a little bit on Noah's story, it wasn't, part, part of the reason to go into this business together was that he approached me and he said, hey, I have an opportunity with this minute-taking business. And I said, WTF is, is minute-taking. I have no idea where this corresponds with what anything we've talked about. Uh, just for anybody listening, WTF is what the fudge. What the <laughs> fudge? On, just to just, yeah, and, it's a family uh, show. So. <laughs> and um, and what he said, he's like, look, there's there there might be some potential here, but more than anything, let's see if you and I are compatible as business partners before we get into anything other than this. So it was more of an experiment. Why does it sounds like you guys met on J Date or something. I don't know. J Swipe actually. J Swipe. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah. You might. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Is that a loss for words? Family there? show. Oh, family I won the show. first yeah. round. Family show. Yeah. Family show. Yeah. I won the first round. Go ahead. Um, so th- that's actually how it started. Was hey, let's try this out. Let's what? Let's give this a shot to see if we're actually compatible with this minute taking business. He explained to me what it was, and at that point, we both still had full time jobs. And I said, okay, at this point, what do we have to lose? It's a small business. It's mostly night work. It's yeah, it's a mostly. It's not a huge in, like financial investment. It's only. It's a couple hours a week. Let's just see if you and I are able to communicate on a professional level. Excellent. So that that's an important part. You, you know, if if as you use that word, that synergy wasn't there, mm-hmm. this could have been a dismal failure, and we could be talking minor hockey. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we st- so him and I so I brought him into the company in 2014. Uh, fast forward six months, 
and I said, you know what, I was just so fed up with the, uh, with the transportation logistics world. I was very fed up with going to work for somebody else. I was very fed up with putting forth uh, ideas for a company and them just being shot down all the time. So I said, mm-hmm. you know what, I've got something in my back pocket that I think I could actually turn in uh, to something quite larger, turn into a full-time operation for me. And uh, I made the decision six months after uh, Marco and I decided to go into business together. I said, I went to Marco. I said, listen, I, I think we have a pretty good opportunity here. Let's focus all of our attention on this and let's see what happens. And Marco was a little bit I hesitant. Said no. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much said no. So I said, make me this deal. I will take the leap. I will leave uh, my full-time position and I will make the leap into this company. And let's set a metric of 100 clients in the next 12 months. And if I, if I hit that metric, then you'll take the jump also. You'll quit your full-time job. And this will be our profession for the foreseeable future. And, and just Was that like a demand? It, was, no, it sounds it, like it was an order. It, it, you will quit your job. <laughs> it was a discussion. And, and he was saying that in order for us to really focus on this company, we need to focus on it full-time. I'm a lot more trepidatious when it comes to taking these risks, whereas Noah's not nearly as risk-averse as I am. Um, so he said, look. Wild man. Uh, he is I a bungee jump as a hobby. Yeah. yeah. Not actually. Yeah, without a, yeah, a cord. But the bridge is only like five feet <laughs> yeah, exactly, high. Yeah. Exactly. And he doesn't actually suspend completely. But yeah. um, And he said, look, if I if I convert 100 clients, will you jo- will you come on this full time? And to be honest, I giggled <clears> a little bit. At, at that point, I think we had about eight clients. Uh, and we hadn't really put a lot of efforts. But the thought of going from eight clients to 100 in you know, between six to 12 months just seemed like a like a a risk I was willing to take because it didn't seem realistic. And uh, and then I was at work one day and there was well, a I'm lot sure going you, on. I'm sure during that process you had to project some numbers. Just saying eight clients and 100. What does 100 clients translate to financially? I'm sure you had to work that Absolutely. out. Absolutely, yeah. So that it was could, all part of the But it was more, the conversation was that, but it was more so anecdotal. Like, look, what do I have to get, what do I have to do to convince you to come on this business? And I almost said it facetiously. I was like, 100 clients. If you get 100 clients, I'll quit my job and I'll come work on this minute taking business full time. And I think I was in San Francisco or just coming home and there was a lot going on with my respective job. And we were talking and at this point there was a lot of discussions going on and I get this call from him during a meeting that I was in at work and he's like, check your email. And I was like, oh, I don't have time right now. And he's like, check your email. And I check my email and it happened to be an Excel spreadsheet indicating that we had hit that threshold that he had promised me to do in 12 months. And I think it was almost less than six that he had actually done it in. And at that point, I was like, "This guy's for real." Like this, like this. There's no. There was still doubt. <laughs> there's no B- BS, if you will, that he's willing to commit, you know, all of his time and effort into this company. And at that point, I stuck by my word, and that was in August of 2015 that I that I quit my full time job, and I've been doing it full time since then. Noah precedes me by about six months. So, in summary, the two men met. One trusting, one not. Mm-hmm. They met each other, and after a trial by fire, they both joined together. Tune in next week, <laughs> or as the minutes turn. Yeah. So just to uh, conclude on the story, so that was uh, yeah the summer of 2015. Mark when I started doing this full time, and uh, essentially we haven't looked back since. Today we're operating with uh, just over 800 clients. Uh, we've got over 100 part-time minute takers working with us. We've got six full-time staff. Uh, we're operating across Canada, even though Ontario is our biggest cohort of clients. And we have uh, six US different provinces well. that we have clients in, in nine different states and four different countries to and, date. And our big project, which I'm sure we could tie into uh, you know, later on in the episode, is we're working on a piece of technology to really scale our business, business on a global market. Absolutely. We'll get to that. Um, is there 
anything else that we've missed out on the saga of uh, Marco and Noah? Probably, but I think that's probably a good place to park it. I mean, we could I don't know how long our listeners would be uh, would be entertained by that, so I think that's we've hit that we've hit Look, the major. You know what? All this acquisition, he's already calling them our listeners. <laughs> so, I'm afraid they're going to open a podcast and then we're 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 screwed. No, 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 we're thanks, just guys. Thank four you. hosts instead yeah. of two. There you go. No, we don't have the technical uh the te- the technical components that I see in front of me. Hide to, the screen, to, let to them know be, it's, pri- it's, it's to be it's, nearly uh, as sophisticated as uh, as you guys are. So we've been talking about minute taking your company, your uh, backgrounds, and mm-hmm. other uh, wonderful things about the two of you together. But all this revolves around something called minutes. Meeting minutes. Yeah. Right. We are not, folks. We're not talking about naturally, and some of you may may not be familiar with minutes, but they're a vital part of living in a condominium. Now, you may not know what they are. But these things are are as important to you as a condo owner as your declaration, as your bylaws, as your rules, as the Condo Act itself. So, which one of you two wants to tell our listeners, what are minutes? You want me to take this? I I can do it. I can do it. (laughs) I'll, Back to university. I'll, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the first leap on this, and and Noah can can fill in the gaps. But essentially, minutes are a corporate record of any corporation. And as you know, condos operate as corporations. They are corporations. Um, yep. Yeah, there's many different owners, and they hire a board or they vote on a board. <clears throat> excuse me to to represent them in major decisions, including financial decisions, operational decisions, um, whatever the case may be. Every meeting requires an official record of that meeting, uh, which are the minutes, and the minutes are able to be recalled by anybody, by any owner, but are only necessarily um, divulged initially to the board itself. The way that we talk about meeting minutes is that not only is it an official record, but it's a roadmap and a service record of the standing of your condominium. So any decision that's discussed, any action items, where to go next, where we've been, and and essentially goals and outlooks happen in the minutes. So as I'm sure you're aware, some of our listeners may some of your listeners might be and some some may not. But uh, but minutes do act as sort of a service record and a roadmap. So when a person comes in, for an example, and they are looking at buying into a condo, they are public record if requested. So they can require the minutes to see if the condominium is in arrears, what the what the um, operating budget is, and in, in information of that well, sort. They can ask for those specific documents directly. But I think more importantly, what the minutes convey are the actions of the board of directors who are literally taking care of, they're the caretakers imbued by the Condo Act with the responsibility to take care of most people's investment. most expensive investment, investment mm-hmm. which is going to be their condominium. So when, and I like the way you say a service record, that's a really important point. It's from our experience on the other side of the table is there needs to be and more and more and more and as you listen to the media more more issues are developing with condos and the governance of condos and the management of condos Mm -hmm. and the only way you can really know what happened in in a in a board meeting is to be a fly on the wall or read the minutes 
the minute taker is responsible for taking like a video, not necessarily literally a video, but a record of the decisions, the discussions, and everything that happened that minute for history. That is a legal document that is a historical legal document of the corporation. Yes, Absolutely, and that's where our expertise comes into play. So what's equally as important in the minutes and including in the minutes is what does not need to be included in the minutes. So our staff are all professionally trained. Um, but Who our, trains them? Uh, so when Marco and I first started this business, we took about six months and we went through pretty much every single uh, training platform there is for professional minute takers. We took about four different courses. We read about eight different books. Uh, we went in and started doing minutes Including ourselves. Including Robert's Rules of Order, which is, not, which is a very... It's so no, nobody recognized you to speak. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The chair had the, the, chair floor. Had the floor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I should know better. Uh, and oh, we, I like that. That was good. We also consulted with um, a couple industry experts, a couple uh, professional minute takers who had companies or who had independent companies, and we used them almost as an advisory board for us. So would you say in the industry there is kind of a fraternity, a brotherhood, sisterhood, between companies, or is it? Uh, I wouldn't more... necessarily say that. I would say that when we first started, we carved it out for ourselves. Um, we have some pretty good relationships with a lot of our competitors, but it's not to say that our competitors have relationships with each other. Okay. And uh, and just as a quick side note, speaking about that is when Noah and I first started this, we were in our mid twenties, and we were taking. We were we wanted to be the gurus of minute taking, understanding exactly what went into it. And it can be a little bit dry to understand what goes into a good set of minutes. And we would show up at these courses and they were administrative, secretarial, professional courses. And we would show up and, and often be the, the only men in the room and the only people in the room under under 50. And oftentimes we'd get looked being like, are you guys in the wrong place? And we'd be like, no, we're here for the, uh, the professional minute taking course ran by Dolores, whoever, and they would just be like, what are these guys doing? And it was just kind of funny that we seemed so out of place. But the reason we were there is because we wanted to know everything about it. So we were there among secretaries, among ad administrative professionals, among people who did this. Um, you, were individuals. you were yeah. in the trenches. You were in the trenches. We, we needed to be If we're going to build a company around this and we're going to train and it staff can, around it, it can get pretty daunting. When I say in the trenches, it can get pretty nasty yeah, sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But we said, you know, if we're going to build a company around this uh, and we're going to have a professional service based around minute taking, we have to be the best minute takers out there. And we have to know everything from A to Z when it comes to minute taking. Uh, we're in Canada now. Sorry, that A would to be Z. Thank you. I'm uh, heading to California tomorrow, so I think I jumped the gun a yeah. little bit. Right. I apologize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we put together uh, a pretty lengthy training process, a pretty lengthy hiring process. Um, it is fairly difficult to get a job with us. Uh, there's uh, about a three to four week process that culminates with an exam at the end. Um, and and you have a hundred people who have gone through this. Yeah, a hundred people. But have, but have interviewed and, and sifted through how many about like six over, figures in resumes. So what's, yeah. what would you say the rate? Yeah, what would you, what would you say is the ratio? of uh, applications to hires. I decimal. would say on I would point. say on average we get 300 to 400 resumes a month and we hire maybe 3 to 4 new hires each month. So I'm not a math guy, but uh it's about 1%. Yeah, if you, you could figure that me. out. My yeah. arithmetic is correct. Yeah. It's about 1%. <laughs> 10. So 3 3 300? Yes, yeah, 10. 3 out of 300 is 1. Is 1? 
Holy crap. <laughs> it is now Who our put podcast. that in my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, just to pick up where I left off, essentially what I was saying was our staff are all professionally trained. Um, and one of the biggest benefits that we add to the table is our staff know what not to include in a professional set of minutes which is an oversight that a lot of people don't realize how important it actually is. Uh, not every word that's spoken at a board meeting needs to be included in a set of minutes. What we do is they're not a verbatim transcript of every word. And if you do have a verbatim transcript of every word, then you could come into problems down the line. Uh, Why? Good question. I pride myself on those. So a big thing with the minutes is uh, they're often recalled in the court of law if there is ever a lawsuit. If there's a, ever a lawsuit regarding the building or ever a lawsuit regarding the board or the manager or whatever it was, a lot of things that are talked about at a board meeting um, could potentially face a lawsuit. And if, and if they do, then one of the first things a judge would do is recall the set of minutes to read what actually happened at that meeting. Right. If they start reading things that don't need to be included, um, whatever it may be, um, whether it's table talk, whether it's off-record stuff. Things what, that are not germane to the point. Exactly. Stuff that sh might potentially have – might things that should be in in-camera minutes or whatever it may be. There's a lot of discussions that are had at board meetings that don't need to be included in the minutes. And if they are – then there's potential for the board to be held liable. One of the him. things we also say, two points there, is that minutes also serve to protect the board. As much as no, as much as there are action items that happen, the minutes also need to protect the individuals on the board or else you wouldn't have any volunteers running to be board members of a condo building. Um, secondly is that Minute Solutions provides objective third-party... Oh, sorry, what's the name of the company? Minute Solutions okay, thank you. provides objective third-party minute-takers to a board. So if a set of minutes is recalled and it's hap it happens to be taken by a biased party within the board, so whether um, that's the president... Board president, a secretary, secretary... Somebody like that, that we've, we've all... Managers will know, yes. or even the manager themselves. Themselves, yeah. exactly. And that it also inhibits them from participating. I mean... It's pretty if you're too busy, to if you're too busy listening, trying to write down everything that's being said, you're going to miss something. You're not going to be able to participate. Uh, that right. Well. Yep. No, that's exactly it. So, in terms of the second point, we're objective third party. So, if minutes are recalled, it, the thought of oh, the board president or secretary took these minutes. What was their personal agenda? And then a conversation coming up that potentially so, leads into an argument that they only put in the minutes what was going to propel their personal agenda because boards are, aren't always harmonious. Let, let's go back to the structure because I'm, I'm sure there are board members that sure. are listening to us now. What I really want to focus on initially is the foundation and the structure of how the minutes are structured. Sure. Okay, and then the process, and then we can go into the trials and tribulations and the horror stories that we've all experienced, and as well on the other side, some of the heroic things that we've all experienced as well. So when we get to a board meeting, and, uh, and those new to condo, um, your board of directors, which are, are elected at the annual general meeting, have the responsibility to manage the corporation. They then usually, 99.9% .9 of the time, uh, pass that management responsibility off to a property management company that has a either on-site or, or a um, mobile manager that visits the site. But there's a requirement by the Act to have meetings. All right, That is a, a legal requirement that the Act says. 
The frequency of those meetings are arbitrary, all right? They can have one meeting a year, one meeting a month. Depending on the size and the issues and the costs involved in terms of the management, you can have quarterly meetings. But whatever meeting you have is a meeting of the directors who were elected. So the first part of the, of the meeting is there has to be quorum, okay. right? Okay. Quorum, you have to have a majority of the elected board members present. Physically, or if allowed, agreed to by everyone, electronically, electronically via telecommunication. So the meeting begins. At that meeting, 99% of the time, as well as the, is the property manager, and he invited guests, and a special seat is reserved for the minute taker. The minute taker, if you come to one of these meetings, you'll see, usually has a computer open, maybe a little recording device, mm -hmm. and they have exactly the same, a board package, the same as all the directors have, so they can follow along and they know what's going to happen in the meeting. Yes? Correct. Correct. Okay. So the next thing is items are discussed. There's a review of the previous minutes. Now, here's the part I want to talk about. That's This is the fun part. When you guys do a set of, meeting, uh, of minutes, you provide a corporation, a management company, with a set of minutes from a previous meeting. You email them to the manager. What form are they in? What is the form of that document? Typically either a Word document or a PDF document. Yeah. Okay. The, the PDF document prohibits altering the minutes. Correct. To so a degree, yeah. To a degree. Mm -hmm. In what instance do you send a Word document those that, that would allow those minutes to be amended, altered, edited, and why? Particularly if you are a third-party, objective company that is taking the record. It's a, it's a good question, and, and this is something that we've had multiple discussions with with boards and property managers and even ourselves. Within a meeting, there's a lot that happens. A lot that happens. And a meeting can go one hour, it can go four hours. People speak at a very fast pace, typically. People will sometimes speak over each other. There, there are instances where the minute taker might miss something. Not all boards allow people to record the meeting in addition to taking the minutes. Some people completely forbid having a recording of the meeting. Sending them in Word allows us to highlight certain components of the meeting that we might be uncertain or are accurate based on a note from our minute taker. So hey, person A was speaking at the same time as person B was speaking and person C interjected and they were throwing around three different acronyms and the meeting was too high paced. Our minute takers typically do not interject so they make notes, or they put little asterisks beside parts that are uncertain. Sending them in Word allows us to highlight those parts and include comment boxes and say, hey, can you clarify what this acronym was that person C said while person A and person B were talking? Um, that's part of the reason we do send them in Microsoft. We also get hired typically by one person on every board or manager, and our correspondence goes directly with them, and mm -hmm. they are a conduit for us to the rest of the board. So if we're taking minutes for one board and our contact at that board is the president and then the secretary contacts us and, say, and says, hey, can I see the minutes? Our policy is that, that the go-ahead of passing the minutes to that secretary has to come from the board member. Okay. So in terms, of the, in terms of the document, so they, my, sure. My argument with this is, and this mm -hmm. is why I bring this up, mm -hmm. is inherently you are supposed to be 
as minute takers, unbiased third party. Correct. And you record it. Correct. By sending documents in Word that allows others to edit it, doesn't that undermine that credibility? Uh, I don't believe so. I think at the end of the day, whatever format of document we send to the board or the manager, I mean, let's be serious. It's 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 a PDF. You could flip the PDF into uh, into a Word file and do Very any easy. changes you want. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a level of trust between the board and the manager and whoever's hiring the minute taking company. So. What and they also do, need to review and sign off on the minutes as well to right, approve that. Right. Our our job is to deliver a set of minutes. Our job isn't to, you know, dictate who dictate is. who reviews them or how we send them. If you have the request for us to send them to you in a Word file, then we send them to you in a Word file. If you request for us to send them in a PDF, then we send them in a PDF. And the reason being is some boards and some managers work very closely together. Mm -hmm. When we send them the Word file, they are working together to make the minor changes. At the end of the day, there will typically be some minor changes in a set of minutes. Managers often have the permission from the board to go ahead and make some minor changes, highlighting them and presenting them to the board at the next meeting and then signing off on them before they become actual minutes. We keep record of all the original copies that we give to all of our clients so that if there was ever a dispute That's after the fact, part. we have original copies of all the work that we've done. Okay, because what we find or what I found, I'm sure Nicholas, you probably found it too, is we get a set of PDF minutes, and for the most part, I know you're all technically minded. I have no idea how to change a PDF to a Word doc or, or, or whatever. Sure a PDF, yeah, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> okay, and you got a set of lock picks too? Yeah. Um, what, what we find is, and we, we highlight it that way, that arm's length third party, when we go through the minute approval, the minutes get sent out to the board, they review it, and then at that meeting, the next usually the next meeting, mm -hmm. we have the approval process. Correct. So are there any errors or omissions in that need to be recorded? So those changes are then now recorded in the next meeting, and those minutes will reflect the amendments that need to, to be made so that the minutes as taken are standard. Um, is, that, is that not... Um, cut and dry throughout that so it's you, what, I, what I'm hearing is that it's it's sort of like you, you can have have it both, both ways at the end of the day we uh, we adhere to the policies that our clients have in place some of the clients that we work with have policies that their managers are not allowed to touch the minutes and mm -hmm. all of the edits have to be done by us mm -hmm. we adhere right. to that and no so problem. PDF comes and then it PDF comes. Um, Do you actually we'll, we'll, change the minutes? So uh, let's say November's meeting comes yeah. by, so it's December, and they'll they'll that means they said there's these problems. Send it back to them to be edited. And so then, we do it in one of two ways. It's either once we send the minutes, uh, the board, the managers get the chance to review it. If we get an email sent back to us with uh, board members and copy saying, "Hey, we need this, this, and this changed," we'll change them. Other clients will actually make the changes at the next board meeting. Our staff will note down the changes, go home, we'll make the changes, and then we'll send an updated version to, uh, to the manager or to the board. And it's not uncommon for us to make those changes with tracked changes on so that oh, before they're approved, the, the, the board and the manager can review and actually see 
what was edited and then go step by step and approve them as need be. So I guess some of our listeners, I guess you may be wondering why so much detail about this one little thing about just changing minutes? Because that's how important they are. That is the legal record of what happens in a meeting. So now we're in that meeting process to yeah. track back. We're in the meeting process yeah. approving the previous month's meeting or yeah. our previous meeting yeah. because it could be quarterly, could be semi-annually. The previous meeting's minutes and then we progress through the rest of the meeting. And in those meetings, typically issues that come up or uh, items for approval by the board. Um, the board can only act and approve things in a duly constituted meeting of the directors. That's the law. Correct. Okay? They can't really do it via email. They can't do it when they're all meeting together at somebody's house and yep. send a manager. It has to be at a duly constituted uh, meeting of the directors as outlined in the Condo Act. Correct. So that there, I'm going to bring that around to another interesting topic, which which we're trying as management we're trying to find viable solutions yep. for. We now have the rest of the meeting where there's approvals, there's ratifications. So you guys are right. So where the board has, and we'll, we'll touch on that, has tacitly approved or previously approved um, in in substance to proceed with. Um, some item, an action. So now they that's all been agreed to. Now they just physically have to do it at the board meeting in accordance with the act. Correct. Okay. Then there's notes uh, from the management or the manager on um, things that are in progress, things that have been completed. All these are for the record. Yes? Correct. And they have yep. to be outlined. Yep. As well, in the discussion, you'll find that the board gives direction to management. How do you guys work that out in terms of what other things you supply besides the meeting minutes? In what sense? What what kind of direction? Well, I understand what you're saying in terms of the board giving the manager direction, but... For actions. Oh, you're talking about action items? There you go. I didn't want to say it. I figured you'd get there. <sighs> I got it. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, with our service, we really cater to the needs of our clients, and all of our clients have different needs. So um, as a value add to what we bring to the table as a professional third-party minute-taking minute -taking company. What was the name of that company again? Minute Solutions. Okay. And uh, some of our clients request to have uh, a separate list of action items um, and a separate list of motions also. So that <laughs> is a service that we provide um, to a lot of our clients that we'll have the, the set of minutes, the action items are embedded in the minutes, but we'll also produce a second document that just outlines all of their action items. So after the meeting, uh, people know exactly what they need to do, and it almost serves as, um, uh, as a checkbox. A to-do list. A to-do list, exactly, yeah. there you go. Um, and it just makes the minutes a little bit more digestible to strictly see the action items um, and you can well, from a management standpoint, I can tell you that it's much simpler for us, time-saving-wise, instead of scouring through the minutes all the time looking for the actions. Well, well here's a list. Here's our to-do list. These are the things we can get on quicker. Yeah. Right. yeah. And as a company, we 100% do that for any one of our clients that requests it. But again, we have a lot of clients that just don't want it. So just keep in mind, there's uh, about 5,000 condo boards in the GTA, right? 10,000. Oh, GTA? In the Sorry. GTA, there's about 5,000. 
they are like humans. They all interact a little bit differently. Everybody's got a little bit of a little bit of different wants, a little bit of different needs. Um, and at the end of the day, we are providing our service of professional minute taking and all the add-ons after that, we could be uh, malleable to a sense where we have some tweaks where we could help out different boards to deliver exactly what they need to see and how exactly they need to see our work. Okay, so we've gone through the, the meeting. The, meet, the body of the meeting is there. Um, briefly highlight, because you, you mentioned this term and not everybody would be familiar with it, in-camera minutes. So in in camera minutes are in camera minutes will be part of a conversation of a meeting that the rest of the condominium doesn't need to be privy to only the board. So it comes from a derivative of in chamber, which is essentially part of the minutes that don't need to be seen by anyone that's not specific to the board. There are various examples of what needs to be in the in camera minutes. If there's a specific unit that is in that is in arrears financially and hasn't been paying their condo their condo fees. Um, if, for example, somebody living in a unit believes they have bed bugs and they've sent an exterminator and they don't, but they won't stop complaining to management that they have bed bugs. These are things that the rest of the building doesn't need to see because it is typically under control. But the board needs to discuss it, but it doesn't need to be sent or distributed to 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 anybody who's asking for them. So what goes in what goes in, in a set of in-camera minutes is typically any lawsuit involving a specific owner, um, any, any discussions revolving certain staff that are in with the building, and... Um, finances, personal finances. Uh, yeah, so pers personal information. Personal information. In reference to individual unit owners, owners or, staff. Or, or, or staff or their situations. Correct. Or those situations that could cause alarm and panic to the building. Correct. To, exactly. the, to the to the corporate pending litigation like staff <laughs> right. and specific unit owners are right. typically what's talked about in the and that's a completely separate document. item document to the minutes. It's 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 added on to the minutes. It's an appendage. But it, yeah. It, it's an appendix. It's a it's a, it's an appendix. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Okay. So we we've gone through that. We go through the pro process now, where uh, those minutes then get approved in the following month, and they get added into the corporate record. So they are now on file. Yes. Once they get signed off on, they get signed off by the uh, by the board of directors. Yeah. Plus or minus amendments or, or changes. Well, they're only signed off on once all the amendments are made. So right. if the amendments aren't made, then they're not going to be signed off on. Okay. So we have this document. It's a legal document. Correct. It's a record. That means, as you alluded to earlier, it can be now requested by unit owners. Or the public, correct? Correct. All right. And um, I want to see how that works in with, and I want to introduce this new thing that you're bringing out, as, as you alluded to, custom tailoring. And providing custom tailored services to 5,000 corporations, with it, that's a pretty daunting task. There, there is a caveat to the public. I, I don't believe anybody could just go out and request the units, right? It, to the public, to me, to the extent of if you're moving into a building, if you're buying a unit in a building and you mm -hmm. don't technically own it yet, you could request the minutes at that point. But you right. as a stranger walking by on the street, you can't walk into the building and say, I need to see the minutes. No. Um, now, actually, to request minutes, you have to do it using the prescribed government forms. Correct. So um, we, we can talk uh, additionally uh, as to who can. But more important, those people that are requesting, it's a core record of the corporation. Correct. Okay. 
Uh, but something you alluded to earlier is you are now bringing forth some technology, uh, additional technology, or something unique to your company that maybe other companies don't have. Maybe you can highlight that for our listeners. Yeah, sure. So um, essentially what it is, it's a, it's a minute-taking app. Um, that we're on our first version on right now. We, we released it in the App Store in November of 2018. Uh, where this came from was living in Canada. As you guys know, there can be a lot of inclement weather, um, you know, between the months of, let's say, November, and I think we were supposed to get snow today or tomorrow, so we'll call it April. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so, so all, six months of the year, pretty much half the year, there can be, there can be inclement weather. When a board um, organizes a meeting and they ask for a minute taker to come to the meeting, um, they're not often anticipating inclement weather if they're booking it a month, two months, three months in advance. What has happened, what we noticed happen over the course of a year is that meetings get canceled and they get pushed. Sometimes they don't they don't have all the board members come in. Sometimes the board members come in, but the minute taker is going to be late. Sometimes it's a last minute meeting across the city. So what we wanted to do was provide a solution that would act initially as a backup plan. Okay, so your board members had an impromptu meeting or it's inclement weather how can we facilitate taking the minutes at these meetings without having a physical person there? So a lot of board members would suggest recording their meeting or mm-hmm. managers recording their meeting and sending us a recording through Dropbox or Google Drive. That worked really well. For a lot of condo buildings, that worked really well. And since we didn't have to send a physical minute taker to the meeting and back, it actually came at a bit of a discount as well. Cost effective. It was cost effective. Sure. So a lot of boards started to gravitate towards that. But a new board member would come in or property managers would switch who weren't necessarily as technically savvy as some of the people uh, that were there previous that preceded them. So recording a meeting on a computer or on a phone and then that file being too big to email, so having to upload it to a computer and then share a Dropbox or a Google Drive account and drag it and drop it and invite somebody. It's a pain to, in the arse. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. It's a cumbersome process. It wasn't smooth. A lot of people at that point were just turned off by the idea of having to take these extra steps. Um, so they say, you know what, it doesn't matter. I'll do it myself. Um, so what we essentially uh, designed was was a recording app, an application that would allow you, a Minute Solutions proprietary recording app, but one where you could fill out an attendees list directly on the platform, and as soon as the meeting was over, just simply hit submit, and it would send it to our head office. So now there's no need to upload, upload documents, it's just done directly through a few clicks of a button um, on your application. What then translated from that was clients in Virginia, California, Edmonton, different parts of of the country and I suppose the world that where we didn't have a cohort of physical minute takers that were looking for a solution to take minutes. And it was easy as, okay, well, why don't we use this app for that as well? And it caught on really well. So now there's a lot, I, I mentioned earlier that we're operational in nine different states in the U.S. We don't have a physical staff there, but we get inbound leads on a daily basis from whether it's associations, organizations, homeowners associations, condo boards that are looking for a solution to have an objective third party take minutes. And our app that we had translated really well to help facilitating those meetings. Absolutely. Well, so, that, that highlights, that highlights <clears throat> one of the things I, I talked about earlier is... The board, by law, can only make decisions at a duly constituted meeting. Yes, sir. We have found in the past, and a lot of management companies do this, a manager has an item that they need voted on, whether it's an expenditure over a discretionary amount or, 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 or something of such substance. 
where they send that request out to the board members via email and all the board members chime in back and reply, I approve, I approve, I disapprove, I approve, whatever. There's an inherent problem in that, an inherent problem for management companies as well. I don't know if you're aware. Let's assume, for example, there is an expenditure for uh, a mechanical uh, um, uh, expense uh, to, to fix a, an HVAC or something of that nature, and it's $5,000. The manager sends out, this is the day after the, 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 the last board meeting, sends out an email, and three of the five directors say, I approve, and they send it back. So the manager now says, I got approval, ABC company, come in and do the work. The work is done in the following week, and we'll get to the next board meeting to ratify that decision. In the interim, one of the three directors who has approved that expense changes his mind or her mind. Now we have three negative, two, four. The only place the directors of board can make a decision is at a duly constituted meeting. Over the email is not a meeting. So we get to the meeting and the manager says, okay, the HVAC expense, $5,000, uh, we'll ratify this, and uh, those four, two, those against three. Does the manager have board approval to make that expenditure? No. Of course not. No. So now is the management company responsible or on the hook for that expense? There's a question. So a solution to that, now that you've told me about this app, is a terrific thing. You can have a duly constituted board meeting via telephone, right? And they can, if that, the manager can be listening in on a speaker and have that and send to you, that's an actual meeting. As, yes. long, as, as long as everybody says, yeah, we're okay with having a telecommunication meeting. So that inherently is a solution to that problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And we, we saw that coming up, and that's sort of uh, part of the impetus of why we developed this. We were getting a lot of last-minute requests for meetings. Managers were calling us, hey, we have this super last meeting. That we got just a vote came on this. Up. Uh, mm -hmm. It's in two hours. Can you send somebody? Because right. uh, you know, just that vote is one agenda item. We're exactly. voting on the HVAC. That's it. it. And then you furnish the notes. Boom, the, the minutes, and it's done. Exactly. So it was actually part of the reason why we created this solution. But um, So to all the property managers who are listening out there, this, yeah, <laughs> well, it really, I don't know if you've realized that when you're taking those, the, those approvals via email, it's still not approval until it's ratified in a meeting. And heaven help you if they change their vote by the time the meeting comes around. So these two guys, really, I got to tell you, that's a great solution. It, 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 it kind of eases my mind because that was an ongoing pro uh, uh, problem that we've heard of uh, that, that comes up in the industry. But it's, you know, it's that, it's like, it's the, the line that's the most detrimental to humankind. We've always done it that way. Right. Yeah. The app that you have can, is in the process of solving certain really big problems that boards can encounter that will facilitate them acting quicker as well for management companies doing things legally as defined by the act Correct. having they can have a meeting anytime anywhere and that app uh, 
what's the name of your app? If I'm looking for it online and I want to download your app, what is it called? So the name of the app is Myrna, M-Y-R-N-A. Um, and it's it's available on the App Store. Right now we're, we're working with iOS, so iPad, iPod, um, iPhone. Uh, and we're working on, on getting it on Android as well. But right now you can find it on the App Store as Myrna. So... Um... I know the I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. Uh, it's named Myrna, and it sounds like it's named after someone. See, I already knew that. Uh, um, why don't you tell us the story of the naming, and uh, why don't we uh, make, take a little little time here to pay a little homage to uh, 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 Ms. Myrna Plagenborg? Absolutely. So uh, earlier on uh, in this podcast, when I was talking about us starting out in the industry and um, using other industry experts as our consultants and our advisors. Uh, one of our biggest consultants and one of our biggest advisors was a lady by the name of Myrna Plagenborg. She helped us really get this company off the ground. She helped us with our vision and our focus. She helped us with contacts. She was really an integral part for getting Minute Solutions off the ground. A sounding board for us, and not just a sounding board, but, but a lovely, lovely woman. Did she woman sell your arguments? With a huge heart. Yeah, and very bluntly as well. Oh, she, yeah. She, was, uh, she had the capability of, of very charmingly, but with a, lot of, uh, with a lot of bluntness to settle our arguments. Now, I've had the pleasure of having uh, uh, Myrna uh, work as a minute taker for some of the condos that I've managed, so I got to... Partake care, uh, partake of her skills and her uh, um, expertise, expertise yes. and not and knowledge, uh, but also she was a property manager. Yep, absolutely. Which a lot of people don't know because they only ever saw her as a minute taker. Correct. Since the 1970s, she was a property manager. So maybe you want yeah. to touch on that. Well, yeah, sure. So I mean, her breadth of knowledge was insane. I mean, she was uh, one of the smartest people in the industry that we knew. Um, I mean, it's started from being a minute taker and, and to being a manager. So she had the answers to everything. Um, but in uh, when we were finishing the development of the first stage of our app, um, our developers came to us and said, hey, you, you guys need a name for this. Like, what do you want to call it? Uh, you know, the minute solutions, minute taking app doesn't really sound Roll so good. Roll off the tongue. And it wouldn't really look so good on the app store. So uh, unfortunately, the day that we had to submit a name for our app. And, and Marco and I were playing around for probably two weeks before that, just batting around a million different names and, and nothing really seemed to stick or nothing we really liked. Um, unfortunately, Myrna did pass away on that day and uh, Marco and I were together at the time and uh, Marco came to me and he said, we have to call it Myrna. And without a doubt, I said, you are 100% right. It is the most fitting name for what we're doing, and it's an incredible homage to uh, an incredible lady who really helped us with our company very early on. Well, kudos to you. A tip of the hat to you, gentlemen, for honoring the memory of Myrna. I'm sure if her family is listening, they'll be very happy to hear this story. Yeah, and, and actually, if you want to touch on, on as well, her sister actually contacted, or her daughter actually contacted us. Yeah, so we actually uh, we launched the name of our app at uh, a ceremony, a ceremony of life for Myrna, and Marco was actually asked to speak um, and give a few words, and that's sort of when he made it public that we were going to name the uh, app after Myrna, and, you know, it was a very... Um, the ceremony was very somber. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of hugging. 
Um, and it was a beautiful ceremony. And when Marco got up in front of, uh, there was probably about 60 or 60 to 70 people there. And Marco got up and explained that, uh, you know, what our company does and how we're going to name our new piece of technology after such an incredible lady. I've never hear, heard such like incredible roars and tears flowing. And it was just an amazing, That's amazing experience moment. to be part of. It was a privilege yeah. to speak. So I'm going to yeah. ask you quickly, all this time with Myrna, you got to give me a Myrna story. You got to give me something <laughs> unique, something that our, our listeners go, no way. Give me a Myrna story. There, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of side Myrna stories in terms of whenever we would meet her favorite restaurant that to meet at was a Swiss chalet near her house. And uh, for, for, a late, for such a lady, she had such a big appetite. And, you know, the table would be full with a bunch of food. And we would end up allocating one hour to this meeting, but end up spending three hours with her. And she'd be telling, uh, she'd be telling us different stories, uh, and what, one of the ones that stands out to me was she was actually managing a condo board in um, in Scarborough that her daughter was living, or that her daughter she wasn't sorry her daughter was living at a at a condo board in Scarborough or at a condo in Scarborough, um, and Mirna wasn't living in the building, but they needed somebody to come in and set them straight, and Mirna would vent to us about the different things they were doing wrong. Uh, and she was actually voted onto the board, not living in that condo, <laughs> so she could come in and start pointing fingers and dictating what to do. And the way that she described the story, she could have been a general in the army. And they, she came in and pulled up the people's pants and hired us to come and take the minutes. And within a year, she said that the condo was finally operating smoothly. But uh, if you guys listen, knowing Myrna, I, I have the vision in my mind that uh, General Patton was in the house. Oh, oh for <laughs> exactly. sure. And she, uh, she, she, she had no hesitation of using, um, using loaded terms, if you will, to describe what she did and, and, uh, and, um, and what people needed to do and how people needed to change and the names that she had described for people. And she would say it with a big smile and a big laugh, but she would get the job done. And that's just one, one side of Myrna where uh, she's such a sweet lady, a lovely lady, but she knew how to, uh, how to capture the attention of everybody in the room and within a few moments have everybody listening. Wow. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. That's really important. And uh, just as a quick aside, um, as you said, Myrna was a, a board member uh, asked to be a board member or, or um, nominate herself to be on the board. Uh, if you check our previous episodes uh, of uh, hashtag We Speak Condo, uh, there's uh, some information about what it is to be a board member, how you get on a board, what your responsibilities are, and hopefully you don't have to run into Mirna <laughs> right? or someone like her. Uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you very, very much for uh, spending your time with us here in duplicate. Um, it is Thanks for very informative. Yes, I will look forward to receiving the minutes of this meeting shortly. Uh, Absolutely. All right. It was recorded on Myrna. <laughs> it was recorded on Myrna. And um, thank you once again. It was it was exhilarating. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys very much for having us here. And uh, if any of the listeners want any more information about Minute Solutions, about our company, about Myrna, the, the, the minute-taking app, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. What was the name of us. the company? Minute, Minute Solutions. Solutions. Okay. Go to our website, www.minutesolutions.com. Be sure that Minutes is plural and Solutions is plural as well. You could also reach out to me directly at noah at minutesolutions.com or Marco with a K at Minutes, plural solutions plural.com well um, guys this is our show for this uh, this episode uh, 
I invite you once again, if you have any questions, any comments, if you like we, what you've done or you want to send us some hate mail, feel free to get us at hashtag WeSpeakCondo. Signing off for now, I'm Ari Sorokin. episode of We Speak Condo interesting or informative, please subscribe to the podcast by visiting our website, www.citysitesmanagement.com. If you want to have your questions answered, email us. We'll be responding to your love letters or hate mail every week. Thanks for listening.